Um, I'm Curtis, if you guys don't know me, it's good to be here. Can you get stuck into the Bible? Now, do you ever look at some people and just think, what are they doing? Yeah? Some people that just have... (laughs) That's pretty good. Some people just have no idea what they're doing. (laughs) Let me tell you a story. One time I was in Fiji, right? Me and Yanni. Yanni, if you guys know Yanni, my wife. Um, We were in Fiji and we went to these hot springs. And it was pretty cool. And we got a bus there and we got there and some big Fijian dude, like got mud and just smeared it all over us, and that was kind of weird, um, but I said it was all right, I guess, and then he chucked us in the hot springs, and we did that, and it was, pretty, it was pretty good, and then we had to get home, there's two options of getting home, Fiji and taxi, 80 bucks, bus, three bucks, so obviously we take the bus, pretty smart option, we had to wait like an hour, which is fine, that's fine, no worries, just chilling on the side of the road, and eventually the bus pulls up. It's this raggedy old little bus. There's no one in it besides the bus driver. And we're like, are you going to town? Are you going to Nandy? And he's like, hey, come on, come on, get in. <laughs> okay. So we get in this bus, and bus driver just starts driving for like 10 minutes down the road, and he pulls up at this two-house village, like two tin shacks in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by sugarcane fields. And he stops the bus. He turns off the engine. And he gets out of his seat and he walks down the aisle, past us, says nothing, goes to the back of the bus, sits down, lies down, and has a nap. <laughs> I'll show you a photo. This is, Yanni would take this photo. This is him just sitting down on this raggedy old bus. I'm pretty sure they take the buses that we deem not safe anymore and they just ship them over and take them. Um, and he just sits there and he naps. And me and Yanni are just sitting here going, what is this guy doing? Does he have any plan on taking us to town? Does he have, like, does he have any idea what's going on? Like, we could easily have gotten murdered out there and no one would know. No one would find us. No one knows we're there. No one would ever be able to find us in this weird place. And eventually, after like 30, 40 minutes, his phone rings, waking him up, and then he gets up, walks back to the bus... Nothing is said, and he drives home. Yeah. Some people have no idea what they are doing. And that was kind of the story of Fiji. Okay? No one knew what they were doing. Okay? Is God like that? Does God have a plan? The world looks so crazy and chaotic. What is God doing? What is God's plan? And how do you guys fit into that? That's what we're going to be looking at tonight. So we're going to be looking at that bit of Bible that we read. Luke, for those of you that don't know, Luke um, was a guy, he was around when Jesus was around, and he investigated the facts about Jesus. So he wrote down what Jesus did when he was on earth, and he would have talked to people, find out what happens, and then wrote down the truth. And this part that we're reading is Luke's last words that he wrote about Jesus. And the last thing Luke says Jesus did when he was on earth, and Jesus tells us what God is doing. And he says this, God has a big plan. Look down in your Bibles if you've got them at verse 44, and they'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. But if you've got your Bibles, head down. He said to them, so Jesus said to his disciples, this is what I told you while I was still with you. 
Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Now, do you guys get what fulfilled means? Right? Think old wise sensei, like, fulfill your destiny, Leonardo. That kind of thing. Fulfilled, there is something planned for you to do, and you need to fulfill that. So Jesus says, God planned some stuff to happen. They will be fulfilled. They're going to happen. Now, this plan, if you see out there, this plan is written about in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Any ideas? Can't we? That's the Old Testament. That's the first part of the Bible before Jesus. What was written B.C.? And Jesus tells us, in the past, B.C., God made a plan, and it's going to go down. Yeah, he's got a big plan, and it will happen. I tell you, I'm a casual teacher. So when your teacher gets sick, I come in, except for primary kids. I'm a primary casual teacher. And as a casual teacher, you need a game plan. So one time, I was a music teacher, um, and I had to teach music to primary kids for a day. Now, I am not musical in any way. So I cruise in. I got no plan. No plan at all. I'm like, piece of cake. I'm just going to wing it. This will be heaps good. Kids walk in. It, it sucked, by the way. It was terrible. Kids rock in. They sit down. They're all like, oh, yes, keen for music. And I'm like, uh, okay, guys, follow, copy me. And <laughs> point of them, and they're just like, they're like kindy kids, so they can't even do that. And they're just like, <laughs> like they got nothing. They got no idea. So I'm just doing this, and they're terrible at it. I got no plan, no control. It was no good. I ended up, I'll tell, you what I, I'll tell you what I did. Random Muso yelled really hard if I can't use this guitar right now. It doesn't need to be turned on. This is what I did. I, I, really? <laughs> okay, good. This is what I did. I sat down, I put my fingers in the only chord I know, the C chord, and I did this. And I told him a story. <laughs> and I said, one day, Johnny was having a nap and he got up and he went on a journey and I just told the story and counted that as a music lesson and I did that for about 40 minutes. It's <laughs> so good. But I had no idea what I was doing. No plan, no game plan and it sucked. Okay, no good. God has a plan. He is doing something in the world. His plan is big and well thought out. And in this part of the Bible, Jesus tells us what the plan is. And it's got two phases. It's a two-phase plan. Phase one, Jesus will suffer and rise from the dead. Jesus will suffer and come back to life. Look with me at verse 46. Sentence number 46. Should be on the board. He told them, this is what is written. This is the plan that God wrote down. The Messiah, Jesus, will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Phase one of God's plan, it's already happened. Around AD 30, 33, Jesus was executed by being hung on a cross. He suffered a ridiculous amount of pain. And a couple of days later, he came back from the dead. Done. Yeah? God's, this was the start of God's plan. God planned this to happen way before it happened. We can read writings that date back hundreds of years before Jesus was born and died that tell us this is what God's plan was. This is what was going to happen. They tell us that Jesus will die and rise again way before it happened. 
That's incredible. That is incredible. This is no old wives' tale that came about by Chinese whispers. God planned this beforehand. And Jesus gives us another reason to show us why we can believe that this plan, this, that phase one was complete. Have a look. So he told them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Look at sentence 48. You are witnesses of these things. There were witnesses. Now, you guys, you guys savvy with what a witness is? Yeah? Yeah? Come on, this is, this is interaction. All you got to do is say yes. yes. Yeah, you guys are nailing it. Witness. It's someone that saw something. So if you're at school and someone gets like stabbed in the back, the cops, they'll talk to you, they'll talk to your classmates, they'll talk to the teacher and they'll say, oi, what happened? And they'll learn from you what happened because you were the witnesses. Yeah? There were witnesses who saw Jesus die. There were witnesses who saw him alive again. Jesus was publicly crucified. They made a big spectacle of it. It didn't happen like some guy shivved him in the back in a dark room. Okay? This was clearly seen by heaps of people. There's no doubt Jesus died. And when he was dead, they buried him in this tomb. And then a few days later, people saw him alive. Not just one psycho telling us his weird old story. Not even just 12 guys telling us their story. Hundreds of people saw Jesus alive. There is such good evidence that shows us that phase one was accomplished. The risen Jesus tells us there's evidence. Let me put this in perspective. You guys know Oscar Pistorius? You guys been following what's going on with him? Yeah, dude, you guys are riffing. I'll show you a photo. Those of you who don't know, he was the guy in the Olympics that didn't, that must have had his legs amputated, I think from a really young age. So he had these springy things, and he was on trial that actually ended this week um, for shooting and killing this, this girlfriend in South Africa. Okay? He, we know that he definitely shot her, there was no doubt. But the court couldn't decide whether he shot her on purpose or whether he thought that she was an intruder coming into his house to, I assume, rob and kill him, and he shot through the door, shot her, and they were deciding, did he think it was her? Did he think it was someone else and he was in danger? What are we going to do? Now, imagine if in that courtroom they whipped out Oscar's diary and they flicked it open and just read journal entry after journal entry of him saying, I am going to kill this woman. I'm going to kill her. Like, I plan on doing this. This is my plan. I'll do it on Friday. Like, he's, 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 they, they read out his journal that's going to do that. And then after that, 500 people, one by one, step up to the bench and tell their story how they were there at his house, they saw them fighting, they saw him get angry, they saw him intentionally shoot her and kill her. There would be no doubt about what happened. Of course you are convinced. Phase one of God's plan is the same. God told us beforehand his plan, and then people saw it happen. Jesus suffered and came back to life and still lives now in heaven. Now, what does this mean for you? You guys, what impact will this possibly have on you? Where does it hit the ground? I'll give you two ways. One, trust Jesus when he says things. We have good reason to believe what Jesus says. He's proved to us that he's the son of God. He's proved this by coming back from the dead. So if Jesus says something, we we know that it's true. We can believe him. Second thing, don't think of Jesus as a has-been. 
He's alive today. Jesus is not an hist- a historical figure. He is a living king. Take this man seriously. He is not irrelevant. So God's big plan. Phase one, Jesus suffers and comes back to life. Done. But I hope you're asking yourself the question, why on earth would that be part of God's plan? Why would his plan be for Jesus to suffer? Yeah, he came back from the dead, but what? Like, why not just Jesus never dies and keeps living? Why would he have Jesus suffer? What kind of a weird, messed up plan is this? Well, phase one of God's plan is what makes phase two possible. So how about we look at phase two? Phase two, forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Look at verse 46 and 47. He told them, this is what is written, this is the plan, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins we preach in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Jesus says phase two is that people have their sins forgiven. Now we know that we need forgiving. If we know ourselves well enough, not many of us would say it out loud, but we know that God would not be happy with us and we need forgiving. Jesus makes the claim, look at me, that we are all guilty before God. Without forgiveness, we will face punishment for our lives lived rebelling against God. Jesus says we need forgiveness. And he puts that forgiveness on the table. It's on offer. It's fair game. Jesus makes forgiveness possible. That's what phase one did. Jesus' suffering was actually him suffering the punishment that we should have gotten for our crime. You guys know the phrase, you do the time. No, you do the crime, you do the time. Okay, Meaning you do the wrong thing, you've got to pay for it. Jesus flips that on its head. He, we do the crime, but Jesus... Does the t- did the time and was punished for us. Jesus did no crime, but he does the time so that we don't have to. Jesus took our place. Forgiveness is now possible. Phase two. We can have a clean slate. It's on the table. Come one, come all, says Jesus. Dig into some sweet forgiveness. And how sweet it is. God will totally forgive you. Show of hands, who's had a fight with a friend? Okay, we're all human beings. Okay, put your hand up if you've had a fight where you know it was your fault. Anyone that's hands down just doesn't realise and is pretty clueless that they're wrong pretty often. Now, how good did it feel when in any of those times you got forgiven by that friend if that happened? That sinking feeling in your gut that you get goes away. It's unreal. Jesus offers the most significant forgiveness possible. But that's not all of phase two. Phase two is forgiveness of sins for all who say it. Great work, guys. You guys are there killing it. Yeah, pretty good. We are forgiven when we repent. Look at verse 47. You see, repentance for the forgiveness of sins we preached. Now, let me explain repentance to you, because if I were to guess, that's not a word that you guys cracked out this week. Okay, None of you are hanging with your mates and just casually slipped in repentance. 
probably didn't happen. So let me help you out. Repentance is a U-turn. It's realizing you're going the wrong way and it's turning around and going the other way. So what's Jesus talking about? It's realizing you are not living the way God wants you to live. And it's turning around. Living for God now. Listening to Jesus, letting him call the shots. It's a life U-turn where you turn your life around and now live for Jesus. Confident with repentance now? Yeah, nods. So now you can slip that one in this week at school. You can be walking to class and you go, oh, we're going the wrong way. Oh, dude, we got to repent. English is that way. <laughs> and they'll be like, sweet word, man. <laughs> Good on you. Um, and they'll be loving it. Okay? That's repentance. Okay? And Jesus is saying, if we repent, we will be forgiven. Now, hear me out on this. Repentance is not a bad thing. Repentance isn't Jesus slipping in the fine print. You know those ads when it sounds heaps good, sounds like a great deal, and then they just slip in the fine print like, free car, come now, get a free car, no money, no payments, nothing, nothing. Oh, there's actually heaps of money and you need to pay lots of repayments and we might take out your kidney. Like, <laughs> they, they just slip in this stuff. That is not what Jesus is doing. This isn't Jesus pushing a scam. Free forgiveness, come on, come on. BTW, you've got to repent, suckers. Like, it's not that way. Not at all. Hear me on this. Repentance is a great thing. It's turning around and living the way you were made to live. It's living the way God wants you. He's the one who knows how life works. He's been around a while. Repentance is living the best way. Jesus will forgive your sins when you repent. That's the second part of God's plan. Forgiveness is like being cured from a disease. Imagine if tomorrow you found out you had malaria. It'd be devastating. You'd be scared. You'd feel terrible. It would eat at your emotions. You'd feel so distressed. And eventually it would catch up with you. But how relieving would it be to be cured of that? How freeing. Guys, we are in a worse state with God. How awesome would it be to not feel guilty anymore? How awesome would it be to have that guilt taken away? Forgiveness is sweet and it's on the table. It was God's big plan to put it on the table. What is God doing? Is God like that weird bus driver in Fiji? Does God have a plan? God has a big plan. And he lets us know what it is. The first phase is done. It's Jesus' painful death and resurrection. The second phase is still going. It's forgiveness being there for anyone who repents. And that's where you fit in tonight. You are part of this plan. God's big plan involves you. You can have forgiveness of your sins. What could possibly stop you taking up such an offer? So what I want to encourage you to do tonight is repent. Jesus says we will be forgiven if we repent. So do that tonight. Repent. Do a U-turn. Turn your life around and live for Jesus. 
Decide tonight you want to live your life for the living, risen Jesus. Trust him that he will forgive you and turn and live for him. You can make that choice tonight and I would encourage you to do that. And if you would like to do that, that's awesome. That's unreal. We would love to help you think through this. Help you think through this decision. It is a big deal. So if you want to repent and live for Jesus, when we sing some songs after this in a minute, can you come out the back? Go to the couches out there in the welcome lounge or whatever. Come to the couches and talk to us. I'll go there. There'll be some other leaders that'll be there on some couches. Come talk to us. Talk to your leader after this. Come find me later. We want to think through this stuff.